Tell your face. Tell your body. Not only did he find you, he proposed to you. Some of you were lost and didn't even know it. You were as happy as you could be, you thought. It is straight to hell. So tell your face. Tell your body. Tell the old man. Go ahead, bud. And I'm so glad he found me with love. just for you. We're going to kind of look at that this morning. If you got your Bibles, first going to read from Isaiah 61, the short verses, um, and then we're going to turn to Revelation 19. Isaiah 61, verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. In Revelation 19, we're going to read 6 and 7. And I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, that we get to come sit around your word, Lord. Partake of the things of heaven. Lord, I, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, help us to lay aside anything that would hinder the word from, from being revealed to us. Lord, anything that would hinder the, the word for giving us, Lord, sustenance and nu uh, nutrition for another day. I pray, Father, that if there be anything in here that's unlike you, any, any criticism, any thoughts, Lord Jesus, that would hinder this word, any doubt, any worry, any fear, Lord, may you be cast out. I pray that you would speak to me, Lord, get me aside, Lord, that you can use... Lord, this vessel, and I thank you for that. Bless the people in Jesus' name. Amen. You can Amen. be seated. If we can speak just for thank you, a few minutes on the bride hath made herself ready. In reading that, and I, I 
kind of, I really appreciate what Brother John preached Wednesday night about the relationship. And this kind of maybe come off the back end of that. And, and before you can have a relationship, you have to make yourself ready if you're a bride. Um, God's in this thing for marriage. This is not, he's not dating. This is not a dating relationship and he's, he's in this for, for eternity. It, um, but to find our place as a bride, we have to make ourselves ready. And before we can make ourselves ready, we have to realize that we're a bride. A bride is not going to prepare herself for her wedding day until she has a revelation, hey, I'm the bride. And sometimes I fear that, that that's where we're stuck at so many times in this message is, is we're just going along, going along because and, and we're not readying ourselves. We don't, I don't think if God revealed to us how close we are at the door, how close we are at the end time, I believe our preparations would be more urgent. So in this word ready, and John's speaking in here, and he says, the bride hath made herself ready is to make ready to prepare, to make the necessary preparations, get everything ready figuratively, drawn from the oriental custom of sending on before kings on their journey, persons to level the roads, make them passable, to prepare the minds of men to give the Messiah a fit reception and secure his blessing. Brother Branham said in marriage of the Lamb and that we know there's going to be a bride and there's going to be a wedding supper served in the skies and that's just as sure to be as God is because it's His Word and we know that those are going to make up that bride is going to be His church. They're going to appear before Him without spot or wrinkle. And the material you have, they have the material on the earth now to make themselves ready. You have everything that you need to make yourselves ready. There's nothing else coming. God's not sending more material to make up this wedding dress. It's already here. This is the same pattern that, that, that God laid out through seven church ages. It hasn't changed. This bride is being prepared for, for the last 2,000 years. He's been preparing, been preparing a bride. And, it, and the message has, that he's left is he wants to be your bride. And he's left you everything that you need. Brother Bram goes on to say, <clears throat> sorry, this thing's falling off. Brother Bram goes on to say, if the Lord will take this evil spirit from me, I'm drinking or grambling or from lying or stealing, I'll serve him. But that's up to you. You've got to do something too. The scripture said the bride hath made herself. She didn't sit down and let the bridegroom dress her. Look at the traditions that we have now in weddings. Bridegroom doesn't even see the bride on the, on the day of the wedding until she's all completely ready. Until she is already dressed. She is clothed. And she walks up to meet him. But that's up to you. You've got to do something too. They that overcome shall inherit all things. They that overcome, you have power to do it. You must be willing to lay it down. She hath made herself ready. Brother Bram said, I like that word. There has to be a revelation. You can't just say I'm bride because you go to this church. You can't say you're bride just because you say you believe this message. I've had people tell me that don't even go to church that they believe this message is right. Drinking, smoking, living their life, 
Believing this message doesn't make you a bride. It has to be a revelation. And when it becomes a revelation to you, you begin to put it on everything that's in that pattern. It's by election. I got to studying this in in, in election. You know, in uh, Brother Matt Watkins had talked about free moral agency. Before, we we look at, you know, John 3.16 does not make you bride. John 3.16 was there to to say, the Bible says God would that all men be saved. He loved all men. And he offered that. This was not a call to the bride. John 3.16 was not a call out that went out where a messenger went out and called out the bride. John 3.16 just said, these are those that he invited to the wedding supper. These are those that he said, you can come too. But I'm not marrying you. You're not going to live in the kingdom. You're not going to partake of the bride's food. So to you that think that people in denomination, if you don't believe this message, if you're in denomination, you can't go to heaven. That's false doctrine. I know some denominational people that, that, that put message people to shame in the lives that they live. Free moral agency coming through John 3.16 still gives free moral agency. He gave Adam and Eve free moral agency. He gives you free moral agency. You can go smoke if you want to. You can go live however you want to. That's why I love election. Election takes the want to out. When he called you to, a, to be his bride, when he called you out on predestination... By election. And he placed himself. When Brother Brandon said, when you took that first breath of life and God put that seed down in you, you became a part of him. You want what he wants. You want to live how he wants to live. You want everything. And then when you begin to put on that wedding dress, every piece of the pattern, you can't leave anything out. You can't leave anything out. You can't leave praise out. You can't leave. And it, and it astounds me. People that, that, that claim to be bride, they never praise Him. They never worship. That's the love that you put back to Him. People come in here and sit down and cross their arms and say, give me what you got. You haven't even opened the pattern yet. I have a remedy for that. Get the Holy Ghost. If you get the Holy Ghost, I promise you, you can't help but praise Him. You can't help but worship. You can't help but clap your hands. But that's part of the pattern. Healing is part of the, the pattern. Redemption, salvation, overcoming power. That's all part of the pattern. God will offer salvation and redemption to millions that are not bright. They were never given a revelation that they were part of Revelation 19.7. And the bride has made herself ready. If you've been given the revelation to your bride, you ought to be so thankful. You've put off the old man. You've put on the new man. Whenever you, you, you've got to understand what the new, new birth is. It's a death, burial, and resurrection. You know, Brother Branham talked about the the new birth being more of a a miracle than the virgin birth was. 
This is more of a miracle that God has done in your life. He's killed that old man, buried that old man, and has resurrected a new man in Christ. That's the bride. The new man in Christ, where Christ says, I want to live in there. I want my life in there. Brother Branham says, the new birth is Christ, is a revelation. God has revealed to you this great mystery, and that's a new birth. Now, what are you going to do when you get all that group together, where the revelation is perfectly in harmony, God expressing it through his word by the same actions, the same actions that he did making the word manifest. Age after age after age, the, the word manifested itself the same every age. When, when Brother Branham... When Brother Branham went into the vision and, and he told them, they screaming out, you know, our precious brother. And they come to him and he says, will Paul's people be there? They said, yes. He said, well, well, I will too because I preached what Paul preached. I laid out the same pattern that Paul did. I dressed the bride in the same way that Paul did. The seven church age messengers down through the time will all stand and say, I dressed the bride as the one before me. It has to, or they can't be bride. It has to be one pattern. And you have to get a revelation that you fit that pattern. Or you won't put it on. We can't go through the motions. And I've said it here before, church becomes ritual to us instead of a love affair. It becomes tradition. Do you, how would you think if your wife would get up in the morning and fix you breakfast, take care of the things that she does for you because she has to? What kind of relationship would that be? If your wife just did the things she does for you because I bear your last name. We took our vows, so I have to. Do you realize that's the same attitude we take to him so many times? I've got to pray and read my Bible. I've got to go to church. I've got to go to youth service. It should be a love affair. It shouldn't be a have to. God don't heal us because he has to. God don't deliver us and give us salvation because he has to. It's the greatest thing that it's made him feel better than anything he's ever done. When you look at the, I was listening this week, I don't know how many times I was listening to the song, How Great Thou Art. And then I got to thinking, you, you think of all the great things that God done. When he spoke in the universe, many millions of universes, the expanse and how far they go out, the many worlds and planets, and then he brought it down to, to God in an animal. They talk about how a bumblebee's wings should be impossible for him to carry the weight of the bumblebee. That's God. And how a monarch butterfly way up north in, in Vermont or wherever, and then they, a caterpillar, and it goes into his cocoon, and it comes out a monarch butterfly, and it knows where to fly to another country. How great God is. But the greatest thing he ever did was he dropped to one knee and said, will you marry me? He proposed to you. 
just because he wanted fellowship. Your natural marriage should be fellowship because you love it. You serve one another, one another. This is not a one-way relationship, husbands. You serve one another. You know, we, we, so often we, we, we talk of this, speak of the scripture where uh, how wives submit yourselves to the husband is, is the church does to Christ and they forget out the part that husbands love your wives as Christ did the church. Yeah. Why? It's a love affair. You put it on the wedding dress because you're excited. You put it on the wedding dress because this is your big day. It's happening. And you can't believe it and you're so excited. How is it we, we, we can't show it? It is beyond me. And maybe nobody here, maybe it's nobody here, maybe somebody hear this. It is beyond me why people won't worship. I've seen people sit through entire services with the spirit moving and never raise a hand. Never raise a hand. Get the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost. Put the wedding dress on if you've been called. But Bram says, oh, if the church only knew its position, it will one day, then the rapture will go. When the bride, that's the, the, the scripture, because I, I asked Brother Donnie several years ago if he could send me that quote where, you know, you hear people say, Brother, Brother Branham said, the bride recognizes who she is. The rapture will go. The a church only knew its position. It will one day. Yeah. Then the rapture will go when it knows what it is. You know, we, we, we come into church, you know, I was studying this. I got to thinking of, of, of my life growing up. You know, we come up through some, some, I was born in the message. Come up through a lot of legalism. A lot of people did. Message new in the 70s. A lot of legalism. Wanting to be right. You know, but in coming up through that, you know, and I look back now and I wonder, I know how I was raised at home. And I wonder, what do we hand in our young people? There's a bride that's getting ready. So what do we, what do we hand in our young people? Your kid is... I believe his bride because I'm sure you've claimed him. Yeah. Brother Branham said to claim him. Yeah. So what, what are we handling? Where, where are, are the family prayer meetings? Where, where are, are the family Bible readings? God gave you the fifth gospel. And he didn't put a mute button on her. Are the tapes being played at your house? I remember growing up, and I got to yesterday. I got to studying this. I got to reflecting on how I was raised. I remember my belief in this word started at home when I was a kid. My belief in this word. I said my belief. I didn't say my revelation. My belief 
I had a mom and dad that lived it. We all, we lived in a single white trailer. I remember the message on a reel-to-reel player booming down the hallway. I don't know how many nights I went to sleep with my dad in there listening to a message. I heard Choosing a Bride. I heard Masterpiece. I heard the seals. Could I remember them? No. But something struck to me. And, and as a kid, I knew what my mom and dad wanted my house to be, our house to be. My mom would, would read the Bible to us. She would read Bible stories to us. Because we're too young to understand the Bible. Did that give me the Holy Ghost? It sure did not. But it gave me a glimpse of my garment. It gave me a glimpse of what he wanted me to be. Did I stray from it? Absolutely. But it never strayed from me. This was part of the pattern, parents. This is part of the pattern. Don't leave it up to the pastor to tell your kid what this message is. Don't leave it up to your youth leaders. Wait till your kid's a teenager and then let the youth leaders tell them. Learning this message starts at home. Dressing this bride starts at home. I'm so thankful that, that I had that. And it just, you know, I was saying that what are we giving our youth? I ain't saying you have to be raised like I was. But you have to stick to the pattern. You have to stay at the pattern. You're the fifth gospel for a reason, moms. You are a fifth gospel. Brother Bram just didn't throw that out there because he wanted to fill up some note space. I remember getting a Bible for Christmas. That's what I got for Christmas one year was a Bible. I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. I wanted a toy, but I got a Bible. <clears throat> when you get clothed in the Word, you're not only prepared for a, med- a marriage and a wedding supper, you're preparing to fight. Your wedding dress is your armor, your wedding dress is Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 clothes you in the word. Your wedding dress clothes you in the word. If my nose starts bleeding up here, y'all just don't worry about me. I won't bleed to death. Brother Branham said, we must fight if we must reign. So we find out that the bride has has to make herself ready. She has to be willing to lay aside every weight that does easily beset us, that we might run with patience the race that is set before us. We must lay them aside, ourself. We can't say, God, you come lay them aside for we got to do that ourselves. Why do you think God is wanting you to do it? It's a sign to God that you're willing. If you just sat there and said, God, if you don't want me to have this, you take it. Because if you don't take it, I'm keeping it. Does that make sense? That's why God says you do it. I want you to show me that you want to be my bride. Are you willing to leave your home? Are you willing to...
to lay all these others aside? Are you willing to get rid of your little black book? With all your names and phone numbers? Are you willing to lay it down? All these besetting sins. All these excuses why you can't come to church. All these things that's on your phone that you shouldn't be looking at. Are you willing to lay it aside? God, you please take it for me. How many times you, you, we, we mess up, we stumble, we fall, and then we, we feel so bad, this, this, this weight that's on our shoulders and our chest, and we feel repentant and we're grieved and all that, and, and a week later, all that feeling's gone, so we do it again. And then we sit down and cry and cry, God, take this from me, take this from me. God's saying, you lay it aside. I'm not marrying you with that weight. Lay it aside. He will not marry anyone that's not clothed. His bride will be clothed in a spotless white garment and it will be a complete garment. There will not be pieces left off of it. There will not be stains on it. There will not be wrinkles on it. Can you imagine a bride, Brother Donnie, getting up here to marry a couple and, and the groom is up here and the bride comes down there and she's, she's dressed in something she spilled coffee in and, and she got out here playing with the kids, rolling in the grass. And this is, oh, I forgot, I got to go get married. What kind of bride, what would, that, what would that look like to the groom? She had other things on her mind other than coming in here and getting married. She didn't take the time to keep the garment clean. She didn't take the time to trust that God said, you lay it aside. And I'm in you so I know you can do it. Because I chose you for a reason. I chose you for who you are. You are me. You are me. You come lay them aside. We got to do that ourselves. You get to that point. James 4 becomes reality. You have submitted yourself to God. Now you can resist the devil. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It does say God will resist for you. You have to do the resisting. You've submitted yourself, right? The, the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. You've done that to God. God, I submit myself as your wife. I submit myself to you. Once you've done that, you can resist anything the devil puts against you. Amen. Listen. And when you do that, Satan's going to come remind you of your past. He's going to tell you the dress don't fit. Your past is going to tell you that dress don't fit. Your past is going to tell you he don't want you. Your past is going to tell you Look at your past. That's why he'll never marry you. You'll never, you'll never be a happy bride if you're looking at your past. You'll never fully prepare yourself to be a bride if you're looking at your past. And you think the bridegroom is looking at your past. He can't see it. He can't see it. 
This, this is the same thing when Brother Branham talked about the, the, the rich man sent from Chicago. When he goes and he goes down to, to, to meet these, these girls to find a bride and he finds the little wash girl. And he says, you're, like, you're unlike any other. You're not like the rest. She was a dirty wash woman. A little wash girl, barefoot. Maybe a little burlap dress or something on. Hair not fixed. Dirt on her face where she'd been scrubbing all day. Sweaty. And he comes to her and says, I want you. You know, that, that, that time in, in her life when God spoke to you, Satan immediately... When, when, when the proposal came to you, it says, I, Christ says, I want you to be my bride. I'm sure Satan began to show you your past. You know, I've had people tell me they can't come to church because of the way they've lived. And this little washwoman, I'm sure she thought there's no way. There's no way. But he made her a promise. I got to go back to Chicago to pre prepare some things. On this date at this time, I'll be back. Amen. And I'll take you away from here. But this girl, just in face of it all, and I think it's very befitting that Brother Brandon preached this in the sixth seal, upon the basis of his word that he would be back for her, they got to laughing. They put their hands around one another, dancing around her and said, ah, laugh, you know, like that. Poor little silly kid. She just stood there, not a bit of blush in her. She was holding her flowers. Her wedding garment, all fixed. She prepared herself. She prepared herself. Nobody else was going to do it. Her, her little cousins there, they weren't going to do it. They were making fun of her. They were making fun of her. You might get laughed at. Sisters, for your long hair. Girls in school, for your long dresses and no makeup. And the way you live your life. You might get made fun of. But they don't have the revelation that you've had. You have readied yourself. You have readied yourself. Nobody did it for you. You took this word and you put it on. You've prepared yourself as a bride for her groom. She stood there, not a bit of blush in here. She was holding her flowers, her wedding garment all fixed. She had struggled, you know. His bride has made herself ready. She kept holding her flowers, waiting. They said, now... I told you it was wrong. See, he ain't coming. She said, I got five more minutes. He'll be here. They just laughed. And just about the time the old clock ticked up to five minutes, they heard the horses galloping. Sand rolling under the wheels. I believe we're right there right now. I believe we can hear the buckboard. I, I believe that we can hear the approach of the bridegroom. <laughs> The old buckboard stopped. She jumped from between them and out the door 
And he jumped out of the carriage and she flew into his arms. It's all over now, honey. Left her little old cousin denomination. Sitting there looking. She went to Chicago to her home. The day you heard this message, we, we, you know, we've heard the, the, the quote you've heard from your theophany when you found out this was eagle food. That was the day he proposed to you. That was the day he told you, come to Chicago with me. And that was probably the day that you thought, there's no way. There's no way. You know what? And I don't mean, to, he's my buddy, he can take it. I think of Brother Rob. Brother Rob, if you haven't ever heard his testimony, how he came out of the Catholic Church. Everybody, I hope he writes a book about it one day. You weren't looking for anything. It was his time. This was his proposal. He was sitting in there amongst his cousins. And the rich man's son came in and said, I want you for a bride. Really? And the things that the, the bridegroom began to tell him, he didn't understand at first. Because he would I've just been a washwoman. I don't understand anything you're talking about. I'm dirty. I've worn this filthy denominational dress for so long. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a new one. I'll clothe you. I'll give you the material and you can put it together. The pattern's laid out. The messenger coming, it's the last age. Laid out the pattern with instructions. God don't send you nothing without instructions. Every church age has had an instructor tell you how to put the patterns together. You know, we, we, we can't really go through this without looking at Esther. Somebody had to tell Esther the king was looking for a bride. Esther did not go looking for a husband, let alone a king. Her people were hated. They were hated. They were the lowest people in the kingdom. And the people above them wanted to destroy them. But somebody came by and told, a messenger came by and told Esther, or Mordecai come and told Esther. Mordecai heard the king is looking for a bride. So he was the type of a messenger to her. He, God is looking for a bride. The same voice that rang out to you and I in this last age spoke to Esther, said you are to be a bride. And she found favor. <clears throat> But she had to, there had to be preparation. We're told in the custom there, in, in Esther, you read the custom, it had to be a 12-month purification. They had to be purified. They had to be sanctified. There had to be a sanctification happen before you could meet with the king. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. She had to be justified 
She was. Messenger come called her out. She was justified. Now there had to be a sanctification. There had to be a scrubbing. If you look at the, in the purification, in the, in the Hebrew language, it says scrubbing. There had to be a scrubbing. We had to wash all of that world off. Had to scrub denominational systems out. Had to scrub all your creeds, your doctrines out that didn't match his. There had to be a purification. There has to be a Holy Ghost. So what was hers? He sent her garments. He sent her garments. The Bible says on the third day, Esther put on her royal apparel. When you, when you come before God, come before the, girl, the throne of God with a petition, He will not accept you without the garments He prepared for you. You have to be clothed in the garments that He gave you. He won't accept anything else. So the Bible says she, she, came, to, she came before the throne. And she said, if I have found favor in your sight, the king loved Esther. He loved Esther. She found favor in his sight. And he said, ask what you will. Even half of the kingdom. What was her petition? My family, my loved ones. I want to see them saved. That was her petition. It ain't all just about you all the time. You've got to have a heart for other people. You've got to have a heart for that one sitting beside you. If we come before the Lord um, with our petitions instead of picking up the phone and calling gossip, instead of backbiting, instead of holding a grudge against somebody, bring them before the throne. Dress in your garment. You can't crawl before the throne and say, Lord, I've got a problem with this, this brother, but if you see fit to, to fix it, that's fine. You ain't clothed. You're not clothed and he won't accept that. He don't hear it. You have to be clothed in the wedding garment that he made for you. The royal garment, the Holy Ghost. God wants all or nothing. What did he tell John that the bride was supposed to be clothed in? Revelation 17. So he carried me away in the spirit to the wilderness. You know, I find it striking. And what I'm going to read here is being clothed was so important to God. The garments people wore was very significant. He even thought it was significant enough to tell him what the great whore was clothed in. I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, Mother of Harlots and Abomination of the Earth. That's the spirit of the church today. That's what God looks at when he looks at the denominations 
today, the, the world church, Brother Brandon said in one place, this was the, the world council of churches. The sad thing about this is we have churches, pastors claiming to be message and they're putting on this garment. They're putting on this scarlet garment. We don't need Seventh-day messenger no more. They've cast aside the wedding dress. They've cast it aside. And they're putting on this garment because this is the spirit that God looked at when he showed John, this is what the denominations look to me. And now you have people claiming to be message. You can't just call it a church a message church anymore because there's so many different varieties. But they're not all the word. They're not all the word. <clears throat> Brother Branham says, in once more, I don't mean to read too, too much. I apologize. Once more in 63, I think that same thing could be applied today that a woman who pretends to be the bride of Christ basing her teaching with a cup of the filthiness of her abominations, of her fornications. This is what Brother Branham said. These are churches claiming to be the bride. And this is how God looks at them. A cup of the filthiness of her abominations, of her fornications. She has tipped the cup of her fornications into the mouths of God's church. That's been raised up to show his signs and wonders as Jesus last commanded was to do in Mark 16. And now we find that she has took God's little faithful group and organized them together. Just exactly the way she did herself and has got them standing stripped. Denying the power thereof. Denying the Holy Spirit. Denying the power of speaking with tongues. Denying the power of the Holy Spirit to raise the dead. Heal the sick and cast out devils. And now the Philistines is upon thee. What are you going to do now? Stripped. The second seal, Brother Bram says, but out of there, there's always a little remnant right along that goes to make the bride. Once she lost her birthright, see, before her husband got to her. Before the wedding, she lost her virtue. Now you remember over there, I sit as a queen. I have need of nothing in that Laodicean church age. I am rich and increase the goods and so forth. The whole world looks up to me. I'm the great holy church and so forth. We're this way the whole age. He said, I don't know that you are naked, blind, miserable, wretched, poor, and don't know it. That's the condi condition. If the Holy Spirit said the condition would be that way in the last days, that's it. There's no way of getting around it. That's the way it is. That spirit is still alive today. Amen. And it's not just in denominations. They're denying the power of this word, of this message. They're, they're coming out with their own creeds and doctrines. You don't, you don't need the, the seventh age messenger anymore. Just live good. As long as you're a good person and you do good. And, and preach the Bible. We, we had a messenger come open, make the Bible a new book. Amen. Listen, we, we, without that, there's, there's most of this I wouldn't understand. There's so much of this I wouldn't understand. I couldn't put the pattern together. I wouldn't be able to clothe myself if I just, if God said, okay, here's, here's the book. Y'all live by this book. This is the pattern that I want you to use to dress yourself in the wedding dress. Might as well be written in Latin for me. Because I need understanding. 
I need revelation, sure, but I also need understanding. I got to be able to read words. So God said, not only do I send a pattern, I will send an instructor with a pattern. You know, we, we, me, and, me and Jennifer was talking to my mom yesterday. My mom had sewed for years. And, and her and her sisters are like, and my, and my sister as well, just phenomenal seamstress. And I remember growing up and I'd sit there and watch my mom cut out these dresses. My mom has made wedding dresses. She's made uh, everything. Bridesmaids, she's done it all. So, sorry, mom. But she would lay them patterns out. And on them patterns, when she would lay them patterns out, there were specific instructions. What's the front? What's the back? What's the sides? And I'd sit there and watch. She couldn't put a backside and a front side together. She couldn't put a sleeve on a skirt. There's certain instructions on how it had to be put together and where and how. It's specific. That's no different than the pattern that God has sent for your wedding dress. For you to put on. You just can't put it on any old way. You can't just use any old instructor to help you put it on. You can't use anybody. It's got to be jointly fit together in the right places. If it's not, then he sees you naked, blind, filthy, wretched and poor. The Holy Ghost stresses you. When you allow the Holy Ghost to dress you, you don't want anything else to do with the world. Brother Branham said in blasphemous um, names. Then what he does do when he gives me the Holy Ghost, he sets you out in a separate place to yourself. He marks you. You're a different person then. You're not of the world. No more. You're clothed different. You're dressed different. Not this outside dress. You don't have to be odd and peculiar and call her around. You don't have to be odd. Don't make a spectacle of yourself, in other words. Don't bring a reproach. Don't force this message down people's throat. Don't make it a, your personal agenda to save everybody in Johnson City. You know, Brother Bram talks about that. It's, it's not, it's not just, just because the Bible calls you a peculiar people. Don't try to make yourself peculiar. You're peculiar enough. I am anyway. You don't have to be odd and peculiar and call her around in a long ceremony. You don't do that. You dress physically like this. Dress like this. It's the spiritual dress that counts. The wedding garment has been put on you. You know, and I was studying this yesterday and I got to thinking, of it. just a couple weeks ago, I listened to Choosing a Bride. Um, and Brother Branham's, Brother Branham's talking when he's, when he's preaching uh, Choosing a Bride, he, he starts beginning to tell about the vision that he had. He says, I don't know if it's, he tells about it in uh, the Masterpiece. I've, I've got the quote from Masterpiece, two or three other sermons that he actually tells that vision in when he sees the bride come and preview I'm going to read some of it. I'm not going to read all of it, but it, it, it just struck me, you know, how he, as the instructor, the one that was, that was sent to tell that this is the pattern you put on. 
This is the dress you put on. And I can't imagine what he felt when he's watching what's supposed to be the Church of America come through. And he's, he watches him. He says, I fell into a trance. And when I did, there was somebody with me. I didn't see the person. It was just a voice. And I'm going to skip over some stuff. So bear with me. The bride will come in view for preview. He said, I looked and seen the most prettiest bunch of clean dressed women I'd ever seen in my life. But each of them looked like were dressed different. All had long hair. They had longer sleeves and skirts and so forth. <clears throat> Young women, kind of maybe 20. He says, I have the Bible before me. I can only say what I've seen. Let's skip down to 189. This bride, she was looking, this one talking to me and I was standing together, her eyes, she was the cleanest, sweetest looking people I've ever seen in my life. Looked like it was been a dozen or more. I don't know how many passed was abreast. They just stood in a group there. She passed by sweetly with an, with an air. Her eyes up watching as she passed by. She was beautiful. I looked at her and she passed by and he said, that's the bride. When he saw the bride, he said, sweetest, cleanest. Long skirts, long sleeves. Long hair. That's the bride. He said, now we re review the churches. And I noticed them coming up. And when they come up, each one... Looked like I got, looked like got worse. I never seen such a filthy bunch in my life. He said, next, I heard a noise. Here comes the American group. He said, this made me sick. I'm not eloquent enough in a mixed audience to say what was taking place. You'll have to read between the lines. When the women was coming, the leader of them was a witch. She had a long, great long nose and a great big mouth and all of them was dressed with some kind of Lower clothes down here, but the top was just a strap, half-inch strap that moved up and went around like this. Each woman had something on order. I'm going to skip it a little bit. Hanging down that fringe, paper, lace paper, had something holding below them. All this part was exposed. They had hair cut up real short and frizzy-looking things all over like that real shortcut hair full of makeup. Absolutely nothing that looked, looked like a street prostitutes. They were walking with this paper in the vulgarity. The paper was holding in front of them when they passed the re, uh, review stand in the back of them to say they were moving on in the foremost, their back part. Now they're acting as, and I said, is this the church? Brother Brandon, in different parts, you know, in, in choosing of a bride and others, is this, this is what my ministry has produced? You can imagine being the messenger for that age. And God allows you to see the church. And you think, well, is this what it's produced? When I, when I laid out the wedding garment, is, is, why didn't they put it on? Why didn't they dress in it? <clears throat> you know, and, the brother, and, and God, allows him, God allows him to see the bride come back through one more time after... After he sees, sees that, God says, but we'll bring the bride back one more time. Amen. I'm so glad he did that because Brother Brandon would have come out of that vision discouraged. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm going I'm to jump across. I'm gonna, I got too many notes, so I'm going to hurry up here. So when you become fully clothed, in, in reading this in Revelations 21, 1 and 2. I always wondered about this scripture, and I found a quote about it when Brother Brown 
in Revelations 21, 1 and 2, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So John is allowed to see the kingdom of God come down. And when he looks at it, he says, she's adorned like a bride. She's a, and I want you to, to think about that. She's adorned as a bride. And then we go down to verse 9 and, and through 11. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. I'm going to show you the bride. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city. Did you realize that you are the kingdom of God? You're the kingdom of God. This angel tells him, I'm going to show you the kingdom of God. Or I'm going to show you the lamb's wife. John already said, when I seen the kingdom of God, it looked like a bride adorned for her husband. And so the angel comes, I'm going, to, I'm going to show you the bride. I'm going to show her to you. And then what he shows John is the kingdom. He didn't show her a lady that was clothed. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone. He's referring to the city as her, her light. Brother Branham says the exhibition of the Philadelphian church age. Yes, there he stands, the glory of God. Once as the father, he was surrounded by the angels, the archangels, cherubims, and the seraphims. The whole host of heaven crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, such as was his holiness, that no man could approach unto him. Now we see him in the church, sharing his own holiness with us. He's sharing his holiness with you. This is something that in, in, when the children of Israel, when, they, when Moses and Aaron built the tabernacle, in the holiest of holies, you, you couldn't go in there and share God's holiness. You couldn't go in there. And if the priest wasn't prepared right, if he went in there and he wasn't prepared right, he was killed. But God's eternal desire was to share his holiness with you. And the only way he could do that with you is marriage. Sharing his own holiness with you until in him we have become the very righteousness of God. Why are you the very righteousness of God? That's what he has clothed you in. And this the song that Brother Harry wrote. Is she stands before him in his righteousness. Fine, clean, linen, white. She stands in front of him. Clothed in his righteousness. So when he looks at her, all he sees is himself. You have become his kingdom. God is 
He's not up here. We talk about how in heaven there's a city up there we get to go there. And, and you, you look, you think of that with a, a, a human denominational mind. You think it's way past the heavens and all that. And God set his kingdom up right here. This is where he wants to live. This is where he wants to show his righteousness through you. You'll never, you'll never work it up on your own. You can't be that good. You've got to let him sit there. When you talk about we're going to sit with him in the throne, there's not two thrones in there, in heaven. There's not two thrones. I like to think the bride's going to be sitting on his lap. I still let my wife sit in my lap. She gets mad. She says, the recliner's too small for us. But she's my wife. There's nobody else belongs on my lap but her. That's the same with God. You're going to sit with God in His throne. One throne. Can you not see that? It's a relationship. It's a love affair. That's all God has ever wanted from you. Nothing more, nothing less. A relationship. You, we have become the very righteousness of God. And there he stands. Jesus, perfect, everything. Lily of the valley, the bright morning star, the fairest of 10,000, Alpha, Omega, root and offspring of David, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the all in all. And that is you too. All that he is, you are. All the bridegroom is, you are. I was trying to explain to my class the other day, they didn't understand what mutual property was in the state of Tennessee. How many knows what mutual property is if you're married? Wow, maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell y'all. So if you're married in the state of Tennessee, you get married. Your husband's got him a nice big motorcycle with his name on it only. Or a bank account with his name on it only, not yours. Guess what? It's yours too. Wives, it's yours too. Ain't nothing you can do about it. If you want to go empty that account, sorry dads, husbands. That's the state of Tennessee. If you're married, what's his is yours. God has mutual property. If you're married, what's his is yours. His throne is yours. His kingdom is yours. Healing is yours. Everything God was is yours. But Abraham says, for unto us a child is born, unto a, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In him is perfect fulfillment. Though once we esteemed him not, now we love him with joy unspeakable and full of glory. In the midst of the church he stands, and we will sing his praise. We will? I hope we will. God created flies. And we will sing his praise for he is the mighty conqueror head over the church, which is his bride. He bought that bride. He owns her. She is his and his alone and he cares for her. He is our king and we are his kingdom, his eternal possession. Let's stand together. <clears throat> Let me read this one more real quick and then I'll jump out of here. Things that are to be. 
Brother Shane said there's a perfect place calling you to that perfection. You have to be perfect to get there. You have to be perfect to get there. We look at that and we think, how is that possible? How can we be perfect to get there? It ain't got nothing to do with you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. When you're clothed in his righteousness, Brother Branham said, you become his perfection. You are the perfection of him. So it's not that hard. It's his perfection he's looking at, not yours. And you have to be perfect to get there. The Bible said so. Jesus said, be ye therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's a perfect kingdom, so it must be a perfect people come. Because you have to stand and be married to a perfect son of God. And you must be a perfect bride. He'll only marry a perfect bride. And if he has proposed to you and says, can I have your hand in marriage? He'll only do that for a perfect bride. He'll only marry a perfect bride. That marriage has already taken place. We're getting ready to go to the wedding, uh, marriage, uh, marriage supper. Because you are producing his child, which is the word. The bride will produce the word. Marriage is already taking place. He can't call you to a wedding supper until there's already been a wedding. So the wedding's already being prepared. The table's already been set. So how can we do it through anything else but the perfect word of God? The waters of separation that washes us from sins. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ. Think of it. The dripping bloody word. The blood. The word of God. Bleeding blood to wash the bride in. Yes, sir. She stands perfect. Virgin. Unadulterated. She never sinned in the first place. Amen. She was trapped into it. Amen. Let's, let's bow our heads. If I've said anything tonight that would encourage you in any way, Lord, help me get that last. If I'm lacking anything in my wedding garment, help me put it on. If I'm lacking anything, you, you, don't, you don't want anything in your life to, between you and God. You, you can take, you, you can take you, your own life and look at it. You know yourself better than anybody. Maybe you've got a problem with, with talking about people. Maybe you've got a problem with holding a grudge. Maybe you've got a problem with, with lust, pornography, something like that. You see, and you want to put that off. You hold that before God. God. If God called you, God will make sure you are fully clothed in His righteousness Amen. before He calls you out of here. You hold that need before the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, is chopped up and jumped around as it was, Lord, I pray that somebody got something out of it. I thank you, Father, for the, the pull that I, I feel from them, Lord. We're so grateful. Lord, if there, you see the needs. You see those that are lacking. You see the, those that are struggling. Maybe not understanding, Father. Maybe desiring the Holy Ghost and feel like they don't know how to get it. Lord, you, you know every heart, every mind, every thought, every need. Lord, as your word went forth this morning, I pray that something would strike home, Lord, even if it ain't just but one soul. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, that they would say, I feel that call. I feel this morning like he proposed to me. Lord, that is our prayer. Lord, if there's any sick, any needy, you know the requests that were read earlier, Lord, the hands that were raised. I pray, Father, that you would meet each one. Lord, let not one person leave here not knowing, Father, if, if, if they're bright or not without a full revelation. Lord, help them to understand, Lord, it's your righteousness, it's your perfection. Lord, we get so caught up in the things of our life and in, in the things we've done and Satan's job, Lord, and he's good at it to show us the things of our past, the things that we've done, our faults, our failures, our mistakes. And Lord, we know that ain't what you look at. You look at what we're clothed in. You look at the righteousness, the Holy Ghost that surrounds our lives, that surrounds our soul. Father, I pray that you would meet each need here this morning. Touch your people. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever you want, buddy. Let's worship him a little bit. Here's my cup, Lord. I
Of God's own son With a righteousness That's not her own She's just before his throne Where she'll reign with her Lord Forevermore Oh, the evening light has come The bride is making She's hearing the shout of her King The token's been applied He's gleaning from inside And the dove leads the Lamb once again Oh, and the dove leads the Lamb once again Enjoy the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. Appreciate Brother Joe, Key of G. Amen. Let's just sing this little chorus as you're dismissed this morning. Oh, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross. and follow him oh take up your cross and follow Jesus take up your cross every day oh don't be ashamed to say that you know him oh count the cost take up your cross and follow him what are you doing for the king have you given everything for the one who Just to know that the Lord has saved your soul Have you forgotten what you need to do? To do. Take up your cross and follow Jesus Take up your cross Every day
cost Take up your cross and follow Him Oh, take up your cross And follow Jesus Take up your cross Every day Oh, don't be ashamed Oh, to say that you know Him Count the cost Take up your cross and follow Take up your cross. 